Good morning, good evening, whenever the fuck you're listening to this. This is Troy Hartilius, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Dad Bod Diaries. This is your favorite personal trainer and founder of Brave Journey Fitness, and I'm fucking stoked that I get to hang out with y'all today. Uh, Last week, we talked about how it's necessary for us to celebrate small victories, and it will help create longevity in your adherence to your fitness plan. So, you know, if you missed last week's, make sure to go back to it. It's going to help you be able to find some missing point that you have in your game to make sure that you stay on track for your goal. Okay. As always, we start our segments off with our positive affirmations. This is reverting back to our very first podcast on this series. So let's start with them. First, I am equipped with all that I need to to succeed. Two, I choose to love myself today. Three, I love myself more each day. Four, I accept and believe compliments. Five, I am powerful and become stronger each day. Six, I am confident and believe in myself. Seven, I approve of myself and my approval is all I need. Eight, I love my body and the things that make me unique. So today's question was brought to you by our clients. And as always, we create an identity for these people because we want to make sure that you all come to me with more questions and concerns. And I don't want you to be put on blast right over the airwaves here so this person's identity this week is mike rochburns yeah that's right mike rochburns so <laughs> mike was wait i was uh wanting to know why the fuck dieting can be so damn confusing why some people get surpluses while others get deficits and why the fuck one diet works over another for someone or it's just a big old fucking muddled mess. And so let's first look, I want to start off and I want to say, let's throw the word diet away because diet has this negative ass connotation where in our mind, we, we directly link diet to some sort of restriction. And when we think restriction, as you can see in media and see what we're doing nowadays, when we see restriction, we fucking rebel. We fight against that shit. So let's not have restrictions because when we feel restricted or feel forced or burdened to do something, we just have this terrible time in our nature from rebelling or fighting it. Our nutritional changes should be something that are enough to change, like to create change towards our goals, but not too much that it feels like a burden or something that we can't maintain past our goal. So let's come up with a few approaches that might help you guys. Okay. Cause I want to be able to have you work towards achieving your goal you know weight loss in particular especially when we're talking about dietary changes but even muscle gain you know sometimes it can be hard to get that protein in we want to create some sort of way for you to think about it without having to fight it if you understand so let's talk about first um one approach that we can use um, when we, when we are starting a nutritional change is we should look at where our nutrients are currently sitting. 
we should be looking at where my macros are at, where my calories are already at, all of that stuff. So, uh, let's see here. We want to be able to do that so then we don't create this into a crash diet. So this is talking about, um, what is it called? Oh my goodness. Why is the name escaping me today? Um, this is talking about metabolic adaptation. So metabolic adaptation is a fancy fucking way of saying that our bodies don't necessarily have this set fucking number of calories it burns, but it really, it's, it's used to whatever calories we're putting in on a consistent basis. So if you're eating 4,000 fucking calories a day, well, guess what? Your body's going to be used to getting 4,000 calories a day. And when an individual like that decides to cut down to where they think their BMR should be, which is going to be a very big significant change, they're going to create this huge caloric deficit, huge results to start off with, and then they're going to plateau real quickly. What happens is when those individuals plateau and they break, they fucking rebound so high and it's hard for them to get back on the train and get back into that restrictive lifestyle. And we don't want that. So what we want to do is when we're doing that, when we are utilizing a metabolic adaptation approach to this, which we should, it's a really great way for us to do it is we're going to count all of our calories. We're going to see where our caloric content is coming from on a regular basis. And we're going to see where our macro macronutrient content is coming from on a regular basis make sure we're not abusing any of those nutrients too much, right? We don't metabolize fats the same way we do carbs, proteins, etc. So if we are looking into utilizing metabolic adaptation theory, we're going to count our calories. And then what we're going to do is we're going to create a small adjustment in our calories. We can either do it by via the foods we're eating. So instead of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich as a snack, you have carrots as a snack, right? making a small adjustment that creates a small caloric deficit, nothing too drastic in your diet, right? So then you start to see results and we don't have this giant ass crash, right? And then we can create sustain, we can create small changes throughout the lifetime of your goal. So that's one way that we can start working on things. Uh, another approach we can do is a habitual approach. So um, this one is different because sometimes our weight gain can be tied to the habits that we have. So like some individuals, um, like we were talking about Pavlov dogs shit the last time, right? They, they condition themselves to sit on the couch, grab a snack, sit on the couch. Oh, I need a snack, sit on the couch. Oh, I need a snack. Um, and so when you're eating your meals with these certain stimuli around you, whether it's the TV or whatever it may be, or this certain spot, when you sit there just to relax, you're going to actually start craving a nutrient. Your body's going to be like, oh, I need to have something. I This is when I do this. So we're going to start with changing where you eat. You're only allowed to eat at the dinner table, whether it's a snack, whether it's lunch, whether it's dinner, whether it's break, whatever, right? You can only eat in this spot. Obviously, that changes if you're at work. I know some of you are thinking that don't be assholes. Just know you eat in the lunchroom, right? Don't eat at your fucking desk, okay? Secondly, the plate size in America has changed inches over the last few years. And we have all been conditioned, yet again, to do a few specific habits with our plate. Number one is we got to fill our plate. Because if we don't fill our plate, grandma's going to think we're sick. 
and we, you know, we, we're grown. We got to put more food on our plate, right? So we've been conditioned to fill our entire plate because it's rude not to. And then we've been conditioned to clean our plate because it's either rude that we don't clean our plate because grandma worked really hard on making that food for us, or it's rude because there's some kids in another country that are ticked at us because we have a plate of leftover food. So let's change that. So instead of using dinner plates, we're going to have you focus on using appetizer plates. You're going to cut down the inches on the plate, which means we cut down the surface area, which means we cut down the amount of food you can portion onto the plate. But we still fill those two conditions of filling the plate and cleaning the plate, and we reduce our likelihood of overeating. One way to do it right there. Also too, water intake is a huge thing. So individuals that drink lots of coffee or drink lots of sodas or juices or Gatorades or whatever, what you're gonna do is before you can have that, you have to have that many ounces in water before you have that. What you'll find is individuals then start taking out those other things because they end up having to drink so much damn water throughout the day. And they start cutting out those things themselves. We never told them to restrict it. We just said that you gotta have water first. Easy as that. Uh, another approach we can do is a priority approach. I really like this one with my clients because I don't tell you to limit anything. I'm just going to tell you to prioritize some nutrients first and then whatever you're hungry left over after, like let's have a little bit of food. That's fine. So with this, we're going to prioritize the amount of grams of protein we need to have in a day, right? So you got to make sure you're getting your protein scheduled throughout the entire day. The other portion of it is making sure you get enough fruits and vegetables in the day. So minimum of two to three cups of fruit, minimum of two to three cups of veggies every single day. Easy as that. And then if you want to fit mimosas in, you can fit mimosas in. If you want to fit wine in, fucking fit it. If you want to fit a cheeseburger, by all means, fit a fucking cheeseburger in. But what I want is for us to focus on the amount of grams of protein you have to have in a day schedule it throughout your entire day and then add in fruit and veggies all day long and then whatever grains or whatever else you want you're going to find that well, just focusing on that alone you're going to hit it and you're probably not going to want a lot of extra food just because it's a lot of food already like that's a lot of food to put in you and so i like this approach because i like to bring up the analogy of the child with water so if you hand five-year-old or six-year-old a glass of water and you say hey please don't spill it go put it on the table what's gonna happen is this kid is gonna focus so damn hard on not spilling it they're gonna shake and they're staring at this cup and they're shaking so hard now they're spilling shit everywhere and then they drop it and they spill the water everywhere and it happens nine out of ten times and the reason for it is is where our focus is is where our habits go so if i tell you don't have ice cream if i tell you don't have fast food don't have soda don't have these things you're going to only see that you can't have those things and you're going to focus so hard on not being able to have those things what you're going to end up doing is you're going to fucking have all of them so why am i going to tell you to restrict things when i just want to prioritize the nutrients i want you to have anyways and if you can fit it in you can fit it in um, and then lastly, I also want to talk about reverse dieting, which is a, a very unique topic and it's, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, 
reverse dieting really discusses about okay hold on let's pull back so reverse dieting reverse dieting is when we start to add calories back in far too often do we have individuals that are on such a low caloric content that they are not able to achieve the results they are looking for this is where you see individuals that have excess amount of body weight and they're not shedding fat anymore what has happened is that this individual has put themselves on such a caloric restriction or whatever it may be that they're maybe no longer hungry for excess food anymore. Maybe they're not wanting all this extra stuff. And that means their metabolism slowed down. So even if you gave them extra stuff right now, they probably wouldn't burn it initially. They would retain it because their body's worried that it's not going to get excess nutrients again. So... What I like us to do is focus on when we're doing this, we got to start adding in calories again. So if you have this really restrictive individual, you got to start adding in some fruit and veggies, something that isn't going to be a huge burden on them. Isn't going to be a huge burden weight wise. Cause you also have to remember too, we're going to have this mental anguish of adding calories in They're on such a restriction that to them adding calories in is going to make them gain weight which it's going to be initially you will gain a little bit of weight with reverse dieting, but eventually when we re-kick that metabolism into gear, we get that protein intake up, we get those fruit and veggies that intake up all of that. And we can get those calories a little bit higher. That metabolism is going to kick right back in and start working double time. And it's going to get you back on track. So if you, if this is resonating to you, you, you are at, you know, a ridiculously low calorie count. You barely eat all day long. And when you do eat, it's nothing but healthy foods, whatever it may be. And you're struggling to lose weight. Guess what? My dears, you got to fucking reverse diet, start adding in nutrients back in. You will gain a little bit of weight initially. Don't live by the fucking scale. We've talked about this on another podcast. Start adding those calories back in. You're going to find performance increases. So how much weight you're pushing, how much you're running, all of that stuff is going to, your abilities are going to increase because you're going to have those excess nutrients. Then you're going to start seeing dips in your weight or size change and all of that because you're putting those extra nutrients into your body that your body needs to be able to burn. So it means we're getting enough carbohydrates to free up oxaloacetate, which means that we can start burning fats in the Krebs cycle more efficiently. Like, like we got all these things going, like let's, we, we got to add those calories in. We can't be too restricted. If we are, we're not going to achieve the goal we're looking for. Um, look, the biggest reason why, whether it's keto, whether it's um, crash dieting, what, whatever the fuck it is, the reason why people see results in any approach to dieting is twofold. One is they're adjusting the nutrients or the quality of the nutrients coming in, which creates a caloric deficit. Okay. And then usually these people have started some sort of movement program, whether it's walking around the block X amount of times, or it's coming in and lifting weights and doing cardio. And so that helps create a large deficit, which then we see results over extended period of time. Now, We talk about the extended period of time. That is your second thing. So first was changing the nutrients a little bit. We're moving a little bit more, which is going to create our deficit. Our second key to this is consistency. 
being able to maintain your nutritional or habit changes is what's going to create long-term change in your body. This is what's going to help you be able to get to where you want to be at. This is what's going to help you to be able to maintain where you want to be at. So self-audit. If the nutritional plan you are on right now does not allow you to be able to maintain it or the thought of maintaining that nutritional program for the rest of your life does not fucking appeal to you, well, guess what, my dears? Change the fucking plan. Guys, as always, I appreciate you so damn much for being able to spend each week with me and listen to this. And um, I would appreciate if you shared with your buddies send the link, whatever you got to do, share with people that you think that might benefit from this, or even, you know, I think might enjoy listening to me curse a little bit and talk in circles. Um, I, as always, just thank you again. And I'm going to leave you with, uh, all it takes is one brave step at a time. Have a good night.